welcome to the third episode of Two Peas on a Pod podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm here as always with my co-host Dale, and we'll go ahead and get into some news here. Uh, let's see, this past Thursday, Harrison Ford was injured on the set of the new Star Wars flick. He uh, apparently hurt his ankle, and that's going to be out, what, uh, they expect delay a few months? Yeah, it's supposed to be two months from what I Two months. He's got to have surgery on his ankle, have some plates and screws and stuff put in there. So, uh, no big loss. I'm sure that movie would get delayed for one reason or another. Anyway, I think they are trying to work around it. They can, they, I mean, they can film plenty of it without him. Is that what they're right now? I think that's what they're. So they're not. Do. They're not stopping production or anything. Not that I read. Okay. I'm sure Disney wants them to keep going forward. Yeah, I'm sure they want that bitch to come out as soon as they can. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got that date, what, a year from now or so? Oh, is that right? I think they're going to be... Yeah, it's next year, I know. Yeah. But they're they're going to stick to it. So, uh, Harrison Ford's uh, 71 years old, I believe. So, yeah, I can imagine him, him taking a little while to recover from that. It's not the, you know, not the youngest guy in the world anymore. Um, but, let's see, other news... Uh, They've casted uh, they've casted Aquaman for the new uh, Batman versus Superman movie, and it's going to be uh, trying to think of his name here, Jason uh, Momoa. Oh, Jason Momoa, yeah, the, from uh, I think he played Conan in the Conan remake, and he was he was in Stargate for a good while. That's that's mainly what I knew him from the Stargate, one of the Stargate shows. I never watched Stargate. Oh, you, you uh, missed out. <laughs> no, nah, I, I watched, you know, on and off every once in a while. I wasn't a huge fan. That show ran forever, by the way. Oh, I know. I know. I, I mean, it's something I'll check out at some point, but... But, uh, yeah. I don't know. Everybody's got their opinions on the casting of this guy, but I don't really have a problem with it. Um, well, there's other comparable casting that's uh, Stranger. Yeah, um... Always trying to throw a curveball at it, but uh, I don't really have a problem. I, I don't really care about the movie anyway, but just thought I'd mention it. And uh, let's see, have you watched anything recently you want to talk about? Um, I'm trying to think of what I did watch. We watched uh, No Holds Barred after the last show. Yeah, we did, didn't we? So that was uh, that was my third time to watch that movie recently. So. That's a gem. Very funny experience. Lots of dudes doing their doing their O face the whole movie. Well, the camera pans on them. I mean, just lingers on them. You know, Hulk is sitting there (laughs) really pushing something out, and his face is just tense. Oh yeah. And Tiny Whistler is just staring at him and something else, and uh, that's uh, the Hulkster is dressed up in his dominatrix outfit. I like his brother, Randy. Oh, crying. It was. Crippled through half the film. Who's uh, crippled, but for some reason just stands up, starts like, you know, walking. Yeah, it's one part where he stands up and then Tiny Whister kicks him in the chest. <laughs> kind of out of nowhere. It's it's really over the top, which of course is another good movie. That guy's probably 20 years younger than Hulk Hogan. Well, he looks not that like actor. Yeah. I mean, the dude looks. I know, I know that guy was also in The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh,. It's just kind of weird how they played that character. They they took stereotypes of everything, like Kurt Four. Yeah, you know the main guy for the other. Uh, oh yeah, he was never, probably the best part of the movie to me. Yeah, as, as over the top as he was, yeah, he, he just enjoyed himself. He was yeah ridiculous. It was fun though. I love that film. Oh yeah, man! Perfect example of so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, that's pretty much all I, I haven't watched a whole lot recently oh uh, I watched several documentaries uh, I watched one on uh, the Forbidden Planet Blu-ray called Watch the Skies oh yeah which is very interesting just about you know science fiction in the 50s and I watched that with my dad on Father's Day oh yeah and uh he grew up with that stuff. He's the one that introduced me to a lot of that. Right. And I have a lot of that appreciation for film from him. And, uh, 
also watched one on the Universal Monsters Blu-ray set. I can't remember. I think it's just called Universal Horrors. Okay. And it's about the beginnings of the horror and the Universal cycle. And even, you know, um, Thomas Edison's Frankenstein film oh, yeah. up through the war years uh, and the end of the second Universal horror cycle. And uh, it's very... I mean, if you like horror and film... Because I do think horror, even though it's kind of sidelined, mm-hmm. is very important to um, to film history. Sure. Um, and it, they're both good stuff. Uh, so it that that documentary stopped at the the war, pretty much. Yeah, right, right around the war okay. years. You know, they go to the Wolfman, which is which came out right before Pearl Harbor was bombed, and then talk about the cycle after that. And, you know, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and so on, just a little bit. But it was really mostly about the 30s when oh, it was yeah. really big, uh, which to me is the most important cycle. Sure. Um, but yeah, it stopped there. It didn't even have anything about Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I found interesting, mm-hmm. considering that film is in that set. Yeah. But anybody who likes Universal Horror and has a Blu-ray player needs to do themselves a favor and get that set. It's excellent. I think the price has gone down quite a bit. Yeah, I need to. Hmm? I need to pick it up myself. Yeah, I got mine from the UK. Oh, that's right. For forty dollars, I think it was, but it's it's region free. So, I think the only difference is the UK version lacks uh, Dracula commentary, and that's a. Oh, I, cool. I don't need. I don't need all that. That's enough on there. A Dracula place. commentary? Yeah. With who? Who would be on it? I'm not sure who it was. You, know, you have writers like David J. Skull, who's a big Dracula scholar. I can't imagine a whole lot of people would still be alive that made the movie. No. It would be writers or film historians. Oh, so nobody that actually had anything to do with the production. No, 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 no. It's it's the same with the um, yeah. Godzilla films. Uh, it's all writers. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's more interesting. Well, not more interesting. It's just a different take on it. You know, it's not an insider's look at it, but you have people who have studied and put together, you know, a lot of different people's experiences and knowledge right. for that. And uh, it's just a different take on it. Yeah, I need to check that out. You uh, talking about documentaries, you reminded me that I, that I did watch a few today. I watched the uh, documentary called uh, Milius with, uh, about John Milius, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, primarily writer, but, you know, also directed a few films. Learned a lot about, you know, what he... Because, you know, he actually contributed to some of the dialogue in Jaws. Did you know about that? I didn't know that. The whole, you know, the story where, uh, I forget the character's name, but you know when they're on the ship and and he's talking to... He's talking about the Indianapolis, Robert Shaw. Exactly, exactly, Robert Shaw. That story, and what it was, it was so much dialogue that Robert Shaw actually had to cut that in half. Mm -hmm. I knew that. Because it was too much, he couldn't remember it all. So it was, you know, Milius wrote it, and then he cut it in half, and that's what wound up in the movie. Oh, okay. And that's that's some, you know, really, really uh, powerful dialogue, I thought. Oh, it is. So it's, you know, he was a, you know, amazing writer, and, you know, whether or not you liked the films he directed, but he, uh, really touching documentary, too, because he had a stroke a few years ago, which I wasn't even aware of. No, but I wasn't he's either. struggling to get his... Uh, speech back and you know he's struggling yeah. to uh, you know do normal things in his life but he is still working on some stuff he's he's produced a few things and he's still working on uh, uh, he's got one project he's been working on for years and years that he's still trying to get off the ground but uh, yeah you know he directed uh, Red Dawn uh, Conan um, yeah I watched that recently for the first time which, actually as far as those fantasy type films from the 80s go, that's by far my favorite that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the set design on that movie is insane. I mean, it, it looks really authentic, I think. And, you know, jump-started the career of Arnold Schwarzenegger. But uh, that's a really interesting documentary. And also watched a documentary uh, about Clint Eastwood called, called Out of the Shadows. And I've learned a lot about Clint Eastwood's career as well. You know, I... I I knew a lot about his acting, but I learned a lot more about you know his start in directing and how he got his start and um, 
this is a really interesting documentary. I'd highly recommend it to everyone if you're, you know, at all a fan of uh, of Clint Eastwood. Check it out. How'd you watch those? Uh, Milius is on Netflix for streaming, and I actually watched uh, the one on Clint Eastwood uh, on the Netflix disc. Oh, okay. Okay. It's it's it was a single disc release, but I think it's actually part of another series. Um, uh, I can't remember the name right now, but it's uh, called Out of the Shadows. But uh, yeah, today we were going to try to just do a general zombie discussion. Just you know, talk about some of our favorite zombie movies and maybe some of the uh, you know, since zombies are everywhere in pop culture right now, mm-hmm. I thought it may be kind of uh, you know good, good, and you know, and we're both fans of zombie movies, so. It, Something we could talk about relatively easily. But, um, yeah, you want to go ahead and get us started? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I never grew up really liking horror zombies. You remember, it was all giant monsters oh, and yeah. stuff for me. Yeah. And dinosaurs, that's, that's all it was. But I guess in high school, or after high school and college, I started to try to expand my interest. And, uh, Zombies really stuck with me. I'm, I'm not sure why. Maybe for the same reason as for a lot of other people. Um, I find them really fascinating. Just yeah. the thought that you could go to sleep, uh, especially at the time, I thought I was still living with my uh, yeah. parents, and fall asleep next day, you know, and, and one of your parents, somebody you love, yeah. is a zombie. Yeah. What do you do? You know, that's of course how they spread, because nobody knows how to react to them. <laughs> It always felt like more of the, a more of a realistic thing that might actually could happen, you know, versus you know, someone turning into a wolfman or something, you know, yeah. or, or a vampire. But you know, when I was a kid, it was kind of a similar thing. You know, I, I always liked a lot of horror films, but more of the creature features and mm-hmm. monsters. And I was always more into werewolves and vampires than I was uh, zombies. But you know, as I grew a little bit older, I you know gained a you know huge appreciation and you know one of my more favorite uh, you know subgenres of horror is uh, the zombie film but uh, yeah I mean what what was the first zombie film you remember watching mm-hmm. the first one that's stuck with me was Dawn of the Dead oh really 78 Dawn of the Dead now, I know I'd seen parts of like Return of the Living Dead on television edited Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. but uh, they really stick with me. It was Dawn of the Dead that really did it for me. I still remain my favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, you can't go wrong with that one. Well, it's it's a realistic portrayal for the most part of, you know, how people... And this is my thing about it. It's not so much the zombies themselves. It's how people react to it. Because I believe the strongest stories come from where you take real life as it is, because everybody can equate with it. And understand it and change one thing. You know, you just uh, just put one thing in there and then the ripple effect. Right. And and how people react to that makes a story. That's why Dawn of the Dead stuck with me because you just have uh, these people just trying to survive. Right. Well, Dawn of the Dead is is a good story, you know, without the zombies. Exactly. You, you know, don't you take, see them all that much. Exactly. That, that's why it works so well. Yeah. They're there. They're there in every scene, but you don't have to see them. Right. Which uh, is that's a dread. Yeah, that's that kind of goes against the way they make movies these days. It's really all about the zombie now. You know, it's too much. Yeah. You know, you do need to leave some to the imagination. You really do, because no matter what you see on film, it's cool as it may be. Whatever you make in your mind, it's going to be better for you as a viewer. That's right. why you know books are so. So good, at least for me. Yeah. You know, no movie's going to come near a book that I've read, like War of the Worlds or you know right. World War Z. Right. You know, just way I, you know, the the author walks you through it, but you build the world yourself in your mind. Right. Right. You have to add that much more to it. Exactly. That's why it's a more personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the movie's always going to be a letdown. It's always going to be a letdown. Um, even good ones. Um, <coughs> But uh, the first the first zombie movie I actually remember seeing was Chud, I believe. I saw Chud on uh, it was like a Saturday afternoon, and I was just really blown away by it. But uh, 
you know, as we all know, Chud's not the best movie in the world, but it's fun. <laughs> it, it was kind of fun, you know, to watch at that time. It actually kind of creeped me out a good bit when I was a kid, but <clears throat> probably didn't take a whole lot to creep me out when I was that age. But uh, I'm just going through a list here, and I'm seeing uh, Shivers from 1975. You ever seen that one? Awesome. Um, one of his first really? films. It was actually, I think, financed by uh, Canada. They, uh, <laughs> but yeah, what it is is it's uh, you know it's it's real similar to uh, Slither, and that it's uh, and also Night of the Creeps. That's what everybody compares them to. It's I mean basically the exact same thing as those movies because a slug crawls into someone's throat and basically turns them into a zombie. You know, one way or another. You know, zombie. It's kind of loosely used, but they. Uh, in Shivers, they basically turn into sex maniacs, and they just want to have sex. And it oh, just... Sounds fun. ...winds up at the... Oh, it's a great movie. That's a... Yeah, I love that movie. It's also called... Uh, <clears throat> they Came From Within is an alternate title. But uh, I don't even know... I think I may have a, a UK release. It, 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 it may have been released here, but it's long out of print in the US. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend that one. I'm a big Cronenberg fan, so I like a lot of his stuff. Um, Shockwave, that's another one. Shockwaves from 77. You've seen that one, haven't you? Shockwaves. I think I have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have. It's about the zombie, the uh, Nazis. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have seen Peter that. Cushing. Peter Cushing. Yeah, that. yeah I have seen that. And the beautiful Brooke Adams is in that one as well. But, uh, that's a fun film. Uh, let's see what else we have. Are there any other ones uh, in the seventies that stand out to you? Of course, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, zombie. Oh yeah, Zombie. Yeah, I actually really enjoy that one as well. What was that seventy nine? Yeah, I think that was right around the same time. Seventy right two. Um, one that I actually did not care for. I'd probably need to try. Watching it again, I think it was '81. Was Oasis of the Zombies, which just bored me to tears. Is that Italian? Probably. Yeah, I, I, I believe I've seen that one before. It's a lot of these that really get you know I, I get confused as to what's what because they're so similar. And there's so many. Oh man! After Dawn, you know Dawn of the Dead, the oh, yeah. the the remake craze or the uh, copycat craze just went crazy. The Italians were the biggest ones. To do oh that. yeah, they did the same thing with Jaws. I remember that. As bad as they are, I like a lot of those Italian zombie knockoff films. Um, it's kind of sad that the Italians aren't making films like they used to anymore. Is there much of a film? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, every once in a while there'll be an Italian film that I that I watch, but I mean, very it's very few and far between. I guess one that would fit into that in the '70s would be, uh, in a way, would be Horror Express. Yeah, we watched that on I think yeah, I mentioned. That's right. That was my first um, time to watch that one. I love that one myself. That's a great movie. Uh, just the movie. scenes of the. Um, Towards the end, yeah, you know where you have the um, the, the zombies in there. The yeah. train is just creepy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's no clear picture of them. Yeah, you know, without trying to give away a whole lot, uh, it's just uh, it's just good images to say with you. You know, mm. it's a Spanish production. It's not yeah. Italian, yeah, but it's Spanish. Uh, yeah. you know, it's got Dennis Peter Cushing, and uh, Christopher Lee. It's a hell of a cast right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with them. But the uh, the Blu-ray looked looked really good, and I was really impressed with the uh, the special effects, the makeup, with the way they yeah. did the red eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which I didn't even notice until you pointed out that it was actually on top of their actual eyes. Yeah, they did a really good job with makeup. That. Someone like yeah. almost like they have goggles with lights in them. You, you could see in the you know the Blu-ray. Yeah. I think if you watch that on a regular DVD, you wouldn't be able to see that. But. It is harder to see. I actually have a UK uh, DVD. It's in public domain here. You can oh, find yeah. it anywhere for cheap. But the UK one had good subtitles on it. It's a decent print, too. Uh, but it's 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 just like any of those other films. They actually do rely on 
the way film was at the time to hide some of those special effects. That's why, as much as I love Blu-ray, it's also yeah. double-edged sword. That's one of the. Yeah, but yeah, I guess you got to take the the bad with the good. You know, yeah. you're paying for that. You know, <laughs> that new transfer that's going to show the you know the blemishes. It's like the other day, I watched. Uh, you know, I told you I watched uh, Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. and you know, as good as some of that makeup is, you can really see the the uh, the color differences. In between the actual skin and the makeup, you know, which oh, yeah. you couldn't see before. Stuff I never noticed before you could see on the Blu-ray, and it kind of takes you out of it a little bit, but, I mean, hell, you know it's fake, so it's yeah. not that big of a deal. Um, it gives you an appreciation, though, as well, for the work that went into it. Yeah. You know, it I would rather that any day than, than uh, uh, CGI. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I would rather see bad practical effects than CGI any day, you know. Well, bad practical effects are fun. I'm yeah. kind of like with Ghoulies 3 when we watched that the other yeah. night, and it looked okay. like they literally all look like turds. But oh, uh, it was fun, though. There's something there. That's the thing about it. Your eyes, you cannot deceive your eyes with CGI. Yeah. Exactly. You just know there's nothing there. It's floating there with CGI. I mean, I'm sure we'll get there at some point in the future where it is that effective. But I hope so. It's uh, it still takes me out of it, and it almost bores me, you know. And it's just when the entire image is CGI, and I don't know. It's just something about it that I don't like, you know. No matter how good, you know, how, how well done it is, it, it still takes me out of the film. But uh, let's see. We get into the early '80s. It's you know, lots and lots of, of uh, zombie films coming out. Um, Night of the Comet. You've seen that yeah, one, Oh, yeah, I've seen that. That's a good one. I recently picked up the Screen Factory Blu-ray of that one. It's a great, great film. Uh, of course, Return of the Living Dead. That's my second favorite. Yeah, that's all about that. Easily up there and one of my favorites as well. Um, Life Force? You ever seen Life Force? I have seen it. Toby Hooper film? How do you, <laughs> how do you feel about that one? Man, I wanted to like it. And I actually do like Toby Hooper, alright. But, uh, I don't know. I could not get into it. I know people love Life Force. <clears throat> right. Maybe it was just my uh, mood. I just need to be in the mood to watch yeah. it. So I don't want to badmouth it. Because it, it just may not have been the right night for me to check it out. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I, I would love to watch the Blu-ray transfer and see Matilda May. In all her glory in uh, 1080p. Because yeah. she's uh, pretty much fully new the entire movie. She has. And uh, that's, you know, very pleasant. Very pleasant experience there. But, uh, yeah, it's... I kind of feel the same way you do. I, I wasn't that impressed with it. It was during that period of time when Toby Hooper, I think, had a three-movie three, three movie deal. He was busy, did, uh, man, I know. Invaders... Of, yeah, uh, I enjoy that. Oh, I do too. Mars, yeah. You know. And uh, was it Texas Chainsaw Two in that deal also? Was it Texas Chainsaw Two, Life Force, and then Invaders of Mars? Something like that. It was. It was. It was I believe three or four movie deal that you know he did basically one for them and two for himself. I think. That's kind of how it was. The second Texas Chainsaw Massacre was early eighties. I'm not sure. I'm not as familiar with the Chainsaw movies as some others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it was early '80s, but um, let's see. It's loaded with uh, film. I mean, a lot of films here that are considered zombie films. I, I don't personally consider them zombie films. Um, you know, like Demons is on here, the uh, Lamberto Bava film. You know, that's that's a demon. That's not a zombie, in my opinion. But, yeah, not great. Um, let's see. Of course, you got the segment in Creep Show. Yeah. With the zombie. Yeah. You gotta love that. I hadn't even seen that in its entirety until fairly recently. I really enjoyed it. The part that stuck out to me, I did actually see on TV, was. 
Wesley Nielsen and Ted Danson. Oh yeah. And a lot of people don't don't like that segment. That's actually one of my more favorite segments in the movie. I thought it was good. Yeah. I'm not the biggest creep show fan, but you know, I do like <clears throat> I definitely like Creep Show a lot better than Creep Show too. Anything else from the eighties? I mean, that's plenty. Oh yeah, you got Day of the Dead in nineteen eighty five. Night of the Com, not not in the comic, but uh, Night of the Creeps. Oh yeah, Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps is great. What do you think about Day of the Dead? Uh, I don't know. I, I used to like Day of the Dead more than I do now, um, mainly because the makeup was so much better. Yeah, I'll give it that, definitely. That's, the opening's really good, too. It, I don't think it holds up quite as well, you know, by you know by itself, you know, compared to, you know, the other uh, Romero films before that, but I don't know. I kind of give it a break. The acting almost kills the film for me. <laughs> I mean, it's just so over the top. Like, I know the acting wasn't great in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. But it, it was serviceable for, him, for oh, the yeah. film. You know, I didn't take you out of it. But uh, Day of the Dead just took me right out of it. Sure. Uh, it is interesting that... Uh, I can't remember the names of these men, but the, the uh, guy in, in charge of that bunker in the Army, the one who overacted the most, oh, yeah. was also in, uh, in a short scene in Dawn of the Dead. Oh, really? When, uh, when they go to the... Uh, I think to get the helicopter and meet the cops there. You know, the cops are actually, you know, stealing stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Trying to go out to an island. And uh, the doctor in Day of the Dead was also in The Crazies. Which I oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I like The Crazies okay. Let's see. Nah, I'm not the biggest fan of Day of the Dead anymore, but... I'm not real familiar with the actors in it either. <clears throat> I know a lot of people are probably pissed off with us for not knowing the names, but um, let's see. Night of the Creeps. Uh, just trying to find something here worth talking about. Uh, Prince of Darkness. Would you consider those zombies? Considering that the use of zombie is just yeah, it's really elastic. A, it's such a general term. Yeah. Uh, sure, in their old way. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen Prince of Darkness. Oh, you need to watch it again. Um, what year did uh, Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead come out? Was that 90? That was 90s, yeah. Let me, let me see. I enjoyed that one. That, that actually, I'm sad to say, I saw that before the original. Now, it's the same here. Yeah, that, that was 1990. Yeah, but you know, I'm a huge Tony Todd fan, so yeah, that's really what what drew me to it. So, going back as I became an adult, you know, I I really gained you know much more of an appreciation for the original Night of the Living Dead. That's actually one of my favorite uh, zombie movies. And it's interesting, even then, that uh, the way the zombies behave in Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Like, they still have, you know, they use tools somewhat. They're trying to use rocks yeah. to break the headlights of the cars, and then the one right. uses that uh, a spade or something to stab her mother. Yeah, it was a spade, I think. Um, that's, I mean, it's just interesting, because the zombies and Dawn of the Dead didn't Really do much of that, but you know that's the first time doing it. You know, you kind of change the idea of it. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, obviously created the 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 modern, you know, idea of a zombie. Um, uh, there's so much stuff here. I don't I don't really want to talk about a lot of these movies because they're not very good. But uh, you know, Return of the Living Dead three. We can go ahead and skip Return of the Living Dead 2. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that one either. <laughs> yeah, I like Return of the Living Dead 3 for what it is. It's uh, it's better than 2. I'll give it that. 
Brian using the film. I like a lot of uh, Brian using stuff. Delamorte Delamore. You've seen that one, haven't you? Uh, Cemetery Man? Seen some of it. With oh, yeah. Rupert Everett? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. That's a, uh, like a, uh, comedy. What's, was that, uh, Italian or French? I want to say it was Spanish. Really? No, uh, well, let's see. Oh, you're right, Italian. Oh, okay. No, I was thinking Spanish. But, um, yeah, that's a great movie. Um, There's entirely too much stuff on this list that don't that doesn't really apply, but um, I guess that may be a good time to go ahead and you know get into a discussion of the the running zombies versus the you know the well, slow yeah. Romero zombie style you know just because we're getting into the some of the more modern films here. Yeah, I was want to ask what what defines a zombie for you? That's a good question. I mean, it's really. I mean, I really feel like if it's not, you know, pertaining to some other supernatural event, you know, because you'll see sometimes, even vampire films, they'll be classified as zombies, you know, or, yeah, you know. Like uh, Last Man on Earth. Yeah. Somewhat, yeah. you know. I mean, those feel, when you watch the Vincent Price one, I'm not talking about I Am Legend, yeah. but uh, the Vincent Price, uh, um, Last Man on Earth, you get that impression of them being zombies. I'm not even including Omega Man because that's that's also different. That's just weird. Um, but uh, well, that was what year was that? Last Man on Earth. Last, Last Man on Earth. I think that was around '59. So that was well before Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, about a good decade. That's sure before Price started his uh, Edgar Allan Poe movies. Oh, right. right. And then he started getting to that campy yeah. horror. Yeah. Um, so it was still pretty serious for him at that point. But I think, you know, if, if it's... If it doesn't fall into one of those other categories, you know, it's a zombie. You know, if it's not demonic... Yeah, possession, know, I don't think, really counts. Right, but, I mean, a lot of these films, that they're including this list here. I wouldn't. Like, Prince of Darkness, I wouldn't consider those zombies. Those are, you know... Possession. Oh, okay. See, I, it has been a while since I've seen it, so... I mean, that, that's just me personally. You know, similar to demons. You know, what we were saying about demons. Mm-hmm. How they're, you know, essentially turned into demons and not uh, zombies. But uh, I guess you could argue that either way. But, um, you know, the the discussion comes out about the, the running zombies versus the Romero walking zombies. And me personally, I feel like that the, the faster zombies are actually more... They're more terrifying, you know, in a realistic sense, you know, because if, you know, something is slowly coming at me, I could outrun it, you know, versus, a, you know, these zombies that are, you know, just marathon sprinters, you know, yeah. you're, uh, you know, that that's that's more terrifying to me personally, but, you know, I can understand that the the Romero-style zombie, the, the true fear comes in the numbers. It comes in the horde that's, you know... It's unstoppable. You may be able to outrun the zombies, but they're everywhere. See, I'm a Romero zombie. Lover. Right. Um, for me, it's like I was saying the story, how people react to it. When uh, people are just being swarmed over, it's... This, to me, there's not enough time for fear to set in. It's more of a survival thing. I yeah. see where you're coming from. Yeah. Just flee. Just Get the hell out of it and right. get away. Uh, but with the Romero ones, yeah, you can outrun them. I mean, he's, I mean, it gets kind of comical how easy you can outrun them. Right. But they never stop. Right. You have to stop and rest and eat and do whatever. Then, then they they never do. Yeah. You know, eventually they'll get to you, and that right. entire time you're living with that fear and that knowledge right. that they're coming for you. Um, and that's that's the style they use on uh, The Walking Dead, which is interesting. Exactly. So, I mean, at least, you know, people complain about The Walking Dead, but at least that's one good thing they're using, the you know, the Romero zombie style. I like that. Uh, I'm happy with that, personally. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, but you know, in this same argument, we can mention uh, uh, zombie versus infected. Yeah, exactly. Twenty days later. Yeah, uh, that's another common argument that comes out. Yeah, that that's that's something I've been thinking about too at times. Uh, whether I would even consider them true zombies. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I don't really care what the you know what the catalyst is. This, I mean, aside from the first, the initial infection, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, other than that, it spreads faster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which I think that's terrifying as hell. If you've got, you know, I can bite this person here in thirty seconds; they're fucking, you know, infected as well. Versus the period of time it's going to take for them to die. And then, and you know, be completely dead and then reanimate. But I, I don't really see the need for the argument, but that's a huge thing right now. People arguing over, oh, you can't say that's a zombie film, that's an infected film, so. Well, it's just, it's different styles for different tastes. Uh, that's one reason why I personally love Max Brooks. It's a uh, zombie survival guide. It's really good. And one of my favorite books is World War Z. Uh, the movie is, to me, absolute trash because <laughs> it shits all over the entire concept of the zombie in World War Z. Right. And the concept of the way it's written. But the way he did it... Have you read it? I, I haven't finished it. No, I've been listening to the audiobook of it. Oh. Well, yeah, the Solanum virus that right. spreads... Uh, and I mean, it literally does kill you, but it keeps part of your your what is it? Uh, part of your brain alive, right? Just to keep you moving. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, you 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 eat others. But it's almost like with that, they're slow enough where all they need to do is bite. You get away. That's the whole point. You get away. Being consumed would be the point of a virus. It's a spread. And right. survive. Right. So you get away, you get bitten, you're, I mean, you're doomed. So it spreads. It's slower, but to me, that that would have, the, the terror in that is somebody can hide a bite. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, eventually it's, it hits and, and then that, it starts to spread. That's, that's when, the, you know, the, the party of the safe people is jeopardized by the person who hit a bite. Yeah, and now they're in the middle, and they're biting people, and that's yeah, exactly. Just to me, the the ingestion of of the victims is just inconsequential almost. It's, that means the virus failed at that point. They'll keep eating, you know, whoever they just killed. Right. That's not the point of it. The point is to get away. Right. So everybody who's bitten gets away and spreads the infection anyway, just like any other virus works. Um, but. For me, a good middle ground between the fast zombies and the slow ones would be you you die, like when Savannah worked, within 24 hours you were reanimated. You'd have rigor mortis, but then everything relaxes. Yeah. So it would make sense for the body to be able to move more fluidly. Also, it's a new body. It can do whatever the... the the human could at that point. Right. But over time, the muscle tears and can't regenerate. So at first, they will be fast. So it makes sense for them to be a good, speedy, you know, thing. But eventually, they would deteriorate until they just rot away. <clears throat> and that's that's how they're able to, whenever they hear the Indian music, they're able to just turn into a mass like ants and <laughs> crawl up a wall, right? Yeah, exactly. A giant, a giant wall. They, they really hate that that Indian music. Oh God, yeah, I remember that. That that film disappointed me. You like the casting of Brad Pitt, though, right? He didn't bother me, honestly. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I could think of worse people, but what pisses me off about that film is that. His studio and DiCaprio, went yeah. over DiCaprio studio, are fighting over it. Then he makes this film that has a passing resemblance to this book. That's excellent. And the book is modeled after an old World War II uh, 
memoirs for, you know, you just interview people who were actually right. in the middle of it. That, to me, is fascinating. All these different stories. I think World War Z would have worked better as a miniseries. That's what I was going to say. I know you've said that before. It, it Or, you know, you're talking, you know, three, four, five movies that you would have to make. Yeah. You know, you know, just about all of your maybe, authors itself would be huge. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at something that needs to be a ongoing, a miniseries, a, you know, multiple, you know, movies. It, it's not something that's going to be a, uh, you know, the the big budget, you know, summer blockbuster movie that they wanted it to be. It didn't and, need to be that. You know, it was played with production problems from the very beginning. Yeah, I well, think, because uh, they didn't stick with any of the book. Hardly. Well, I mean, it was rewrite hell, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it was how many people wrote that script? You know, God. I mean, how how long before they actually finished filming did they redo the whole ending? I think it was supposed to end in Russia. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, even uh, the zombies were changed in it, though. You yeah. know, they were they were more like um, the Twenty Eight Days Later thing. To me, they were funny as hell because they looked like, uh, like uh, you know, plastic man flopping around everywhere, just yeah. biting the shit out of everybody. That that's what I remember about the the initial teaser trailer was shown during the Super Bowl, whatever you know year it was that it, that it came out, and uh, it looked fucking ridiculous. Like I remember, yeah. it was a joke. It looked, it was all the CGI shots, you know, the shit climbing up the wall that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, attacking the helicopter, all that dumb bullshit. The the worst parts in the movie, in my opinion, were in the trailer. And well, yeah, I mean, it looked fake. It looked very fake. It oh. looked unfinished. It looked like they hadn't finished rendering it or something. Like you know, that needs to go back and be worked on a little bit longer. But uh, you know, I. I saw the movie in the theater, and I went in with very low expectations. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't hate the movie. I really liked the way it started. But like you said, it just felt more like a generic, you know, infection, generic zombie film. It brought nothing there. Exactly. And, and, I mean, just change it to fucking Zombie X or something, you know? Like, don't don't call it World War Z if, if that's what you're going to make. But, I mean... Well, the human element was downgraded in that. Like the World War Z book, it's very much about the people and how different people deal with these different things. And it's very realistic. It's extremely realistic. You can believe this happened. Right. And uh, I don't know why anybody would not think that format was okay. You know, some people would be like, well, we all know that didn't happen ten years ago. It's like, well, it's a movie. I just don't think that... that the audience they want to come watch this movie would be able to sit down for that period of time and have their attention span. Oh, no. They need, you yeah. know, they need non-stop action. They need fucking Michael Bay explosions. Which they got. But, I, you know, the opening sequence of that film I thought was really effective. You know, before they got brought onto the ship, onto the, wasn't, uh, yeah. the, uh, carrier ship, whatever they were brought on to. aircraft carrier. Yeah, aircraft carrier. Before that, I, I really enjoyed the film. I thought it, it really started dragging at that point, but you know, I could really relate to you know the guy having the two daughters and when they were in the city there and the way the infection was spreading closer and closer to yeah. them, which that's the stuff that I think is really terrifying and, you know, in film, which is you know the same reason I enjoy 28 Days Later so much. You know, because uh, you know the the fast spread of the infection is is what really gets me. You know, because I think about how I'd react in a situation like that, and uh, you know, I don't know. I I enjoyed that part of the film quite a bit, but you know, like you said, that's nothing like the original. That's nothing like the no, book. not at all. Not at all. That's totally fucking just made up. But yep. apparently, there is a director's cut of this film. I doubt I'm going to be able to sit through it. Have you, you have, which one? Have I, you I don't know if that's the one I've seen or not. I, I, honestly, after seeing what I did see, I'm not worried about it. I believe I've got the director's cut on Voodoo, but I've never really had a desire to go back and revisit it at all. Uh, you know, I don't know. But 28 days later, as much as I keep talking about the Solar Zombies, I did enjoy 
28 days later. I enjoyed 28 weeks later. Yeah, I did um, too. 28 days later irritates me because it is very much influenced, just to put it nicely, by the day of the Triffids. <laughs> it's very, very much like that. And that's, I mean, anybody who's read Day of the Triffids would know. Right. I mean, it's it's a play-by-play thing. The dude wakes up in the hospital, and it's already happened, and he has to go out, and he has to deal with Triffids, and then the renegade uh, army, you know. I mean, there's this differences with it, but it's there. The same format is there. Of course, the guy on Day of the Triffids didn't wake up with his dog hanging out. <laughs> yeah, they made sure to show that dog. But, you know, it's, I see a lot of parallels between that, that particular scene and The Walking Dead. How, you know, it's real similar to how Rick woke up. Oh, yeah, and definitely. Dead. Yeah. That just seems to be a plot point everybody wants to use. I, I enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I, I think do it's, too. it's something about waking up in a surroundings when you have no idea what's going on. But, you know, that's just me personally. I, I can understand why people have problems with it. But, uh, um, well, you want to go ahead and talk about The Walking Dead since we're talking about it? Uh, you, sure. I haven't watched any of the last season. I just wait for it to come on Netflix. You see, so you missed season four. It's one, two, three. Shane. Shane was two. One and two was Shane. Lori and. Yeah, I believe it's four was the last season. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was. A friend of mine actually spoiled a part of that for me, but. Um, I I do enjoy it. I I think it's interesting. You think about today when people are so almost out of touch with the real world around them. You know, with texting and on their phones. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm not oh, judging anybody, but you know, it's you're out of it. You don't see everything that goes on around you. And if something like that were to happen, what do you do? You know, today more than ever. <laughs> If, if something like that were to happen now, I mean, a lot of people would be in for a world of hurt onto, you know, what we're going to have to deal with. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, but, yeah. Now, the people, I think, that would have a better chance are those who don't deal with all that. Sure. Oddly enough, it would be the people out in the countries. That would be, yeah, better yeah. better equipped. Well, they'd be better equipped than the fact that they're out in the countries. Oh, yeah, you just mean... Uh, well, I mean both, both, yeah. you know. Being in a big city when something like that happens is just awful. You know, uh, your chances, I'm sure, go way down. So you'd go, uh, <clears throat> you'd try to find Herschel? You'd go try to hook sure, up with Herschel? Find Herschel, yeah. You remember the end of season two when Herschel had his uh, shotgun that never needed to be reloaded? His, yeah. his magical, unlimited ammo shotgun? Well, he was a badass. <clears throat> I'm gonna be honest, man. I, I I I watched the first season. I thought it was okay. I, I quit watching the show at the you know the they they started doing the split season in in part two, where they split uh-huh. it in half and released it two different times. When they uh, they stopped that halfway through season two, I gave up for probably two or three years, and uh, I went back and watched it. Uh, you know, for another show that I do, I, I had to go back and rewatch it, and I wasn't looking forward to it at all. And I caught back up with the show and uh, caught all the way back up to when season four was still on television. And I, I really love that show. I gotta say, I've really enjoyed what they've done with it. I think it's it's really good writing. I know everyone either loves it or hates it, but uh, <clears throat> you know, I've really enjoyed what they've done. Especially for me after the end of season one. Uh, I think they did a lot better with season two and three. Season one just... I don't know. That ending didn't really fit in with the whole thing to me, honestly. Well, that was... uh, Frank Darabont got out after season one, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he lasted that long even into season one. 
Really? I know he did the first episode, which was really good. Yeah, you mean directing-wise? Yeah. yeah but he, he got off completely. And that's, that's one of the reasons why uh, Dale left the show. Dale and Shane, they both went and started doing that. Or I know Shane uh, started doing the other show that Darabont started on TNT. Oh, what is that? The, uh, they got canceled. Oh. So, um, but no, I was a big Shane fan. Uh, Shane, I think, it was the most realistic guy on the show. Because it was when Rick was still in his, he was on his fucking high horse all the time. He wanted to come in, tell everybody what to do, and it wasn't always the right thing to do. It wasn't always a smart move. When when you're in a situation like that, you're looking at survival. Exactly. You're looking at, you know, I need weapons, I need food, I don't need to worry about people's feelings, I don't need to dry fucking tears. If you don't like what I'm doing, get the fuck out of here, you know? Like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker over here because I want his gun, or I want his shirt, or I want his food. It's every man for himself, you know? Like... I mean, I'm serious. No, I get it. I, I mean, just, I don't want to be around man. you though when that happens. Day one. I mean, it's it's on. Like, like there are no. This is not a civilization anymore. You know, this is every man for himself. It, yeah, Rick was trying to hold on to civilization the way it had been, whereas Shane adapted to exactly. the way the world was. You know, he was going to protect what he loved, and. Uh, and yeah, just just survival, you know. Yeah. He he went feral almost. Exactly, and I mean I think that's kind of what you need to do in a situation like that. I mean Rick, uh, I don't know. Rick's been a little better. Season four, I think Rick was a little better once he got over his psycho, you know, episode. Uh, I think Rick Rick got a little bit better, a little easier to watch. I think Rick was one of the more uh, challenging parts for me to watch the show being able to tolerate him, you know. He was he, he, to go through it with him, you know. He really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Like he he was always on this some superiority complex, wanting to be the leader and Carl. Hey Carl. But uh I don't know. But I've really enjoyed what they've done. I've I've really gotten invested in the characters and uh yeah, you know, I was uh, really looking forward to season five. Will uh, start here in October 2014, so I'm really looking forward to it. I think another thing that works for me for that show is the fact that it is filmed in the South. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and being from the South, you and I know it feels close it, to home, it, even though it's Georgia. It, it's still the same. Like the farm, still looks like something that could be. You know, you, you, here. you can tell, man, the fucking noises, the insects that are making the noises, yeah. and the trees. Because, you know, you can tell when they shoot the shit in Russia or something, or Canada, and it's supposed to be the U.S., you know, which they do all the time. Oh, I know. You yeah. can say, well, that, you know, that's not native here, you know, oh, so, yeah, you, just... you know, it, it's really easy to point out. And, uh, you know, it just really feels, uh, you know, legit to me. It, it feels... Uh, you know, it feels like home. Yeah, the the mugginess of it. I mean, you feel sweaty watching the show. I gotta say. Yeah, you do. Uh, just that humidity. You, you watch it, and you'll you know you want to go take a bath. Want to go hop in the shower after you see how nasty Carl is. <sighs> Carl, nasty. get a haircut, Carl. <laughs> but uh, I wonder what else. Yeah, the dead. That's something. That African zombie film. Oh, yeah. Dead. I know the second one is coming out straight to DVD, I guess. In India? Pretty sure the first one was straight to DVD, too, wasn't it? Uh, I guess here, yeah. yeah. Oh, it oh, we went to theaters in other countries? Uh, I, I don't know, honestly. First time I heard about it was when it came out on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. I enjoyed it. You know, it was okay. It was an interesting take on it. You know, I wasn't... There wasn't, oh, like you said earlier with World War Z, there wasn't a lot of crap going on. Um, that was fine. Now, having it set in India, to me, is very interesting. So, I, I want to see how that turns out. Yeah, I, I liked the movie for what it was. Uh, I, I guess I was expecting a little bit more. I know a lot of people were really championing the movie, but... Uh, 
The lead guy looks like, uh, oh shit, the guy, for, uh, Peter Weller, for some reason. I know it's not Peter Weller, but... <clears throat> Another movie I wanted to mention was uh, The Horde. Have you ever seen The Horde, the uh, French French movie? No. I really enjoy that movie a lot, too. It's, it's uh, I don't know, almost similar to something like uh, uh, From Dust Till Dawn, because it starts out, and it's almost like two movies in one. It starts out, and it's, it's really just about these gangsters, and they eventually all get held up in this... Uh, it's like an apartment building or something where they are, whatever the building is they're in, and then it's just, but it gets swarmed with zombies, and they're the fast zombies. Oh. And uh, it's a really cool movie. Huh. Uh, from 2009. Cool. I've got the DVD of it over there somewhere. I, I don't know if it has a Blu-ray release yet in the States or not. It needs one. One that, uh, what we're talking about, they, they uh, I guess the dexterity of the uh, term zombie. Yeah. Uh, pole. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. I really did. Uh, it wasn't that all traditional zombies. But, I mean, you could see why it would be considered something like that. But it was really interesting, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting idea. Um, that's one I'd like to go back and revisit. Uh I didn't like it so much the first time I saw it, but I feel like if I go back and revisit, I may I may appreciate it a little bit more. Because it wasn't a, a a typical zombie. They weren't they weren't typical no, zombies, right? No, it was a sound, right? Which is a really really interesting idea. And you know, that brings up another point: not zombies necessarily, but you know, some films you watch and you just know they're bad, and some films you watch they don't click with you, but you don't. Right, come across as bad at exactly. all. You just need to, you just some say, films are good for certain times. You, you say, you know, that's that's not for me. You know, I could see how yeah. someone else would like that. Well, it's like when I watched The Seventh Seal. <laughs> uh, I bought it. I knew I would like it. I'd never seen it, but I knew I'd like it because yeah. it's a classic. And I bought it uh, Criterion Blu-ray during one of the Barnes and Noble sales, and. Uh, Good God, that was the most pretentious thing I ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. Uh, I, I really just wanted to, you know, stab my eyes out <clears throat> watching it. That that seems to be what a lot of, you know, uh, horror, uh, you know, historians go to reach for. Yeah, the yeah. the. Uh, oh God, what is that thing? Yeah, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, that's the a, second one they have that. Death in there? Yeah, yeah, that's from there, I think. You mentioned both... Oh, that's... Okay. That's a stretch, mentioning those in the same sentence. Going from the Seventh Seal to Bill and Ted. Well, they have Death. That's is that... Is he from that movie? I, I It looks like it. Oh, really? I have a feeling that's exactly I thought he was like was. Uncle Fester. Oh, that, and he is, because they play chess, too. And there, yeah, that's that's exactly what that is. They look like Uncle Fester to me. Well... No, well, Uncle Fester is actually pretty awesome. But <clears throat> going off topic a little bit, you know that they're actually doing a reboot, or not a, maybe a part three of uh, Bill and Ted. Oh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Adam's family. Oh, uh, fuck it. I'm Bill sure they'll do that at some point, too. How much money are they going to have to throw at Keanu Reeves for him to go back to do that fucking surfer dude bullshit? Well, he does it without even trying, man. Right, but, I mean... That he killed, and he's not the only reason. But the the remake of the Day of the Earth is still was absolute trash. Um, the original is a brilliant film, and it, the remake sucks ass for like two hours. I um, bought ten copies only because Jaden Smith is in it. Yeah, exactly. So I, 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 I knew that I would, you know, that would be worth something in the future. That's why I bought the mega star. I haven't watched the movie. Because I know don't, it's a, don't I'm even. sure it's a giant turd. Well, I mean, they take Gort, <clears throat> the robot in there, and yeah. turn him into a horde of locusts or some shit. I mean, it ruins everything. This, and Keanu, I know why they chose him, because of his emotionless face. And that's <laughs> honestly not a knock on him. Uh, because they wanted him to look kind of like uh, an, an alien, you know, which he is. Oh, but yeah. he just... 
I mean, he's. I mean, it's hard to step in Michael Rennie's shoes. It was in the original, but good God, he just sucked. He sucked the life out of it. And this is from somebody I actually really do like, Keanu Reeves. Oh, really? As a person, I yeah. do. And I'm, I'm Bill and Ted, he's perfect. Parenthood, but, uh, you know, that at, at Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, he sucked shit in that. Yeah, well, he was still in that kind of... was. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he was... But he had more of an excuse than he was miscast. I, I, I don't really have a problem with him in that movie, but I, I do see what you're saying. Man, uh, the reason I have a problem with him in that film is because Jonathan Harker is actually a good character. You know, seeing him, Jonathan Harker, portrayed oh, yeah. in other films sure. like Hammers, Horror of Dracula, sure. and, or, you know, any number of films like, uh, well, I don't even think he was in the original Dracula. But, uh, or in Herzog's uh, uh, Nosferatu, yeah, the, the Harker character. And then you see Keanu's take on it, and it's just... He's like, I know Kung Fu. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He, he acts like Whoa. he's from the 90s, and everybody else is trying to act like they're 100 years before. <laughs> but, he busts out his surfboard. But, uh, no, uh, to go even further off topic, uh, <clears throat> I saw they're doing a Point Break reboot. With Gerard Butler. Oh, God damn it, really? Yeah. I hate that motherfucker. I hate everything he's in. Even 300? I don't I don't think 300 is that great of a movie. That shit's uh, boring to me. I mean, I like the stylistic aspects of it. But you just like uh, Xerxes. Was he the crazy dude that was like nine, nine feet tall? Yeah, the Persian that was king? Older than, I mean, taller than nine feet. He was probably 15 feet tall. Yeah, he was, he was pretty exaggerated why he was. I did like that part. I mean, I, I thought it was okay. I like, uh, you know, Lena Headley. She's uh, she's always nice to look at. And she was in the uh, sequel. Watch it. Whoever Green was in. Blood and Sands, or no, that's not it. Whatever the sequel's called. It recently Rise came. of an Empire. Whatever. Uh, it's some generic title. It's supposed to be pretty good, though. That's why her. Yeah, I'll I, check it out when it comes out on uh, Netflix. I'll check it out. It's. Uh, I'm getting you know a little tired of the Zack Snyder, uh, you know, look. Of course, I haven't seen uh, Man of Steel, but uh, you know, Snyder has. I, I like his stuff, um, but uh, I enjoy Watchmen quite a bit myself. I don't. I honestly, do not like. The uncut edition with the uh, scenes of the Black Freighter put in there. It works in the comic. It doesn't work on film. Have you read the comic? Watch Watchmen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Black Freighter thing. They put it into the director's cut, I believe. And it's first it throughout it. And it just doesn't... It stops the movie dead in its tracks. Um, it's I, just a different medium. I've... Uh, I mean, you know, that comic is not a very long comic. It's not like an immensely long read they really stretched that out quite a bit I mean it's like a four hour fucking movie isn't it when you get it all together when you add that in there yeah, yeah. like because I'm not, of the visuals I, I gotta watch that in eight different settings man I, I mean sittings I can't watch that I fell asleep in the theater you know I, giant blue dicks everywhere yeah I really wonder how many millions went into just his but, crotch I mean, I really did like the comic, you know, and they, they changed the ending, of course, which I can understand that much, but... The ending was so weird. I, I get the ending in the comic, it's just... It's, uh, it wouldn't have worked on big screen and all the thing. That's another film that a lot of people really champion, and uh, I don't know, maybe I need to watch it again, but I just, I didn't see it. I mean, the, the stylistic aspects of it I can totally get, but... Um, well, Alan Moore seems to be... People seem to have trouble putting his stuff... On the big screen, for me, V for Vendetta was a closest they got, which I enjoy. At. Yeah. Um, but League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was trash. <laughs> uh, the, the, oh, we seriously, don't. the first two books of that are awesome. Oh yeah. The second those. one is War of the Worlds. Yeah. And uh, but the movie is crap. I mean, it's, I, I can't get over throwing Tom Sawyer in there and you know just changing it up like that. Why take that property and do that? Because it's, it's an excellent idea. Uh, I don't get it. Well, I don't get it. I don't know. 
we went really off topic from. Uh, sure what were you talking about? The uh, what was the Keanu Reeves movie you were talking about? With Jaden uh, Smith in it? Uh, daily Rush is still. Oh, okay. How the hell are we talking about that? I don't know. I just had to mention. Oh. How bad he was on that. But yeah, you know, I think that's uh, a pretty decent uh, discussion of zombies. We'd like to thank everyone for checking out the show. If you have any show ideas, comments, questions, topics, what have you, feel free to tweet those at us on Twitter at 2Ps on a pod. That is the number two. Take care. Talk to you next time, guys.